0: Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing.
1: Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor, and this is season four. Pretty exciting. We've got lots of shows for you to enjoy on my YouTube channel at Katherine Taylor TV. But we also go live every week on, uh, on Facebook at Catherine Taylor Media. And as well, if you like your content on the go, shows are available as podcasts at Podbean and other podcast platforms. So be sure to subscribe and uh, leave a comment or a like and a share. I appreciate your feedback and ideas. Now, welcome to the show. My guest today on Let's Get Writing is an award-winning author whose debut short story collection, Tomb Stories, was released in August of this year, 2021. Her work has appeared in Chillers from the Rock, Terror Terror Nova, (laughs) which was an Amazon Canada number one bestseller in the horror horror anthologies, and Terror Nova Writer's Retreat, which is going to be coming soon to bookshelves near you. Kelly loves to write in such a wonderful setting under the shade of lazy maples at her home in St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador, where she lives with a rowdy dog and a man who makes her tea every morning. Sounds pretty ideal, but not exactly the setting I would think of for writing horror. But when she's not typing furiously, she can be found looking for rocks. Yes, rocks, taking pictures of rocks, collecting rocks, and, well, she's from the rock. (laughs) Let's welcome Kelly to Let's Get Writing and bring her up in the screen here and say hello. Hi, Kelly.
2: (laughs) Hello, Catherine.
1: (laughs) So that's pretty cute. You like rocks and you like horror. We know all kinds of things about you, but we're going to find out more through the show today. Well, I finished your book last night.
2: <laughs> and, and?
1: Yes, I must say a few chills and, and and certainly got my mind working. I'm not sure if that's a good thing to read right before you go into bed. But you know what it did put me in mind of? Uh, back when I was growing up, I was really addicted to reading Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine, those short stories that always left you thinking, hmm, <laughs> wonder what's next. And I felt like that going through your book, Tomb Stories. But let me give you a chance to tell people about your book and uh, in, in a nutshell, Tomb Stories, since it's tomb. Halloween actually coming up.
2: <laughs> For sure, Tomb Stories. So as you said, it's a collection of short stories and they're all wrapped uh, in this framing narrative. That's about four teenagers who go to a graveyard to have a virtual reality experience. And through technology, they go to certain tombstones that are in the graveyard, uh, different periods of time, uh, different settings, all, all of those types of things. And through the technology, they get to see or experience a story. So tomb stories. And as I said, each one of those stories is unique based on whose tomb they may be standing in front of. And as the stories continue, the, the pieces of the framing narrative, those four characters are, are brought through, I would say, an escalating, uh, <laughs> escalating danger uh, to the point where they get to the end and clearly something has gone horribly wrong with the technology, as it always does, especially wow. in horror stories, um, to what I hope is the thrilling, stunning conclusion.
1: Yes, it was almost uh, I you know, I felt like it was well in the future somewhat because of the technology and and the virtual imaging. And it was very, very interesting. And the little things you dropped in along the way to just, you know, let you know that this is all not going to go smoothly. (laughs) And we know that like what but they didn't do anything like uh, what do they do in those horror movies like the the, the person goes, I'll go in the basement and check it out.
2: I don't like the tropes. That's not true. I, I do like the tropes. That's, that's a big trope for horror and you can use those sometimes and it's amazing because the audience expects them so they know what they're going to get. But subverting a, strope, a trope is also interesting sometimes. So well, <laughs> maybe there was some of that in there too, let's hope. But uh, you know, I try not to analyze my own writing too much.
1: No, well, that's, that's interesting because I was sort of analyzing it as I was reading it. And 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 seeing the little things drop into it, but what I found really interesting, and I you don't often see it, were these mini stories within the bigger story. And so you could easily finish a chapter and just like, oh well, that was that's complete. I'll think about that for a little while, or I'll be scared for a little while about the thoughts from that one. But um, yeah. so, how did you find writing a book that way? Did it did it make it easier for you? Um, harder? Well, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, the, uh, I fooled myself. So I thought, you know, there are a couple of other things that I have on tap that I'd like to be writing. I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take on some, some short stories because I think they're more bite-sized. I could handle them that way. And as I moved through the short stories, then I just kind of realized based on a couple of things, the, the Terra Nova book that I have a story in has a similar framing narrative. And there are other books over time, like The Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury, doesn't quite weave in between the stories as much, but does have this frame on the beginning and the end that is The Illustrated Man. So that idea has been in my head. So I thought, I think I'd like to try that. And that was not easy. (laughs) I
1: I was thinking it might work really well, but
2: yeah, do tell. Uh, I I like how it turned out. I really, I, I like how it all came together in the end, but what I realized was I was, you know, writing one extended long short story and having the characters and the tension reacting to the short stories themselves as it went through, that was the piece that I found a little bit more complex. Um, If you were just sort of showing them the stories and that piece of framing in between didn't quite relate Mm -hmm. to what they had seen so much, I think it might've been a little bit easier, but I enjoyed the challenge of it. It was the first time I'd done that all myself uh, in that way. and I. Yeah, I am very pleased with how it all came together. I hope people are enjoying it. Um, But I fell in love with the characters and, you know, I wanted to do terrible things to them, which is what you want in a horror story. Mm. And I
1: was going to ask you the characters, the, the four characters, did you pick that age group for a reason or you felt they'd be more open to this kind of virtual horror
2: experience? Well, I wanted to do a young adult horror book. So it is a young adult book. Uh, I would kind of categorize it as perhaps a little bit not middle grade, a little higher teenage years, you know, sort of high school, perhaps. So I knew that's what I wanted to do, and to do that, I feel like you don't always have to, I suppose, but you usually do have to have the characters in that age group.
1: Yeah, and um, and they were interesting. You could see their relationship evolve, and finally, when you came to that last chapter, how they, you know how they came from when they started to to how they handled the the final incident. I'm not gonna give any of that away, but but it was really nice and interesting that you would say that that added an additional challenge for you. But makes sense when you when you say when you explain it, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to talk to you a bit
2: about why horror? How did you end up in
1: this horrible place?
2: Clearly not because I live under the shade of lazy maples in this very pleasant environment I'm in. (laughs) I've been reading horror short stories for a really long time. Um, When I, my first memory of doing it is in fact, I used to take the bus home from school in grade seven and grade eight. And I got these books out from the school library that were written by J.B. Stamper and they were tales for the midnight hour. And there's infinite tales for the midnight hour still more tales, more and more tales. So it it had quite a series. And I would read those on the bus on the way home, and I would have to cross through a wooded area to get from the bus stop to my house. Uh, So I think I was enjoying the thrill of that, that happening when I was younger. And very quickly uh, after that, I went into reading Stephen King's short stories when I was much too young to be reading them, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And I just those types of stories I think stay with you much like you were mentioning about the Alfred Hitchcock stories. Mm-hmm. There's something catching about the way they leave you wanting more or wondering. Um, and that's always been my preference for a, a horror read. Um, Edgar Allan Poe I find is very much like that too. I, I'm not into gore a whole lot, uh, mm-hmm. like body horror and things like that. I'm much more interested in the, the fear factor, the psychological factor. Um, imminent death or imminent loss of one's mind those are kind of the sandboxes i like to play in with the horror
1: very uplifting <laughs> indeed yes but no but they, but they work and that is a large part of what that genre seems to be about it, it it's going to provoke your mind and get you looking over your shoulder a little bit thinking okay am i here by myself
2: <laughs> indeed is what i think happening really happening i mean you, i think you'd find a lot of um a lot of horror authors would tell you that there's a catharsis or horror readers that there's a catharsis in reading or writing these types of things because we live in a, in a world of a lot of very real world terrors um, and and horrors from the political to the physical uh so it's it's a, it's a way of getting things out or experiencing fear in a way that's safer for you yeah tr- true enough i
1: i think that my, I continued with Alfred Hitchcock, but I really stopped with the books after I read the shiny one day. And, uh, and I say one day because it was I, I couldn't put it down. And I was sitting there in my apartment in Halifax and just there and, so, and someone knocked on the door and it was like, Wah! <laughs> I thought, I can't do this anymore. I cannot read Stephen King's scary stuff. But and again, with films, it's, it's, you know, I find it's easier to read it, I think, than to sit through a film for me. Um, but I can, I yeah, I can understand the, the interest in it. I'm thinking there's a huge number of people in this genre that, that are looking for these stories. Am I correct in saying that?
2: My understanding of it, uh, it's, and it's sometimes hard to parse out, you know, between US and Canadian statistics, um, but in terms of fiction, it would be in the top five genres of fiction. Romance uh, is always in the top. If it's not one, it's two, then you've got this kind of crime thriller, the fiction. Um, those are the two biggies, but as you start working your way down, sci-fi, fantasy, um, reg- just kind of regular standard fiction and Horror is in there. People it, people want it.
1: They want it. They want that stimulation. And uh, and so was that where you started? You mentioned when you were young and, and that that caught your attention. Have you ever written anything else or has this really been where you have found your home?
2: Uh, I've written lots of different things over the years. I've written, now, writing something and then having it published a little bit different. But I've written a lot of poetry. Um, I've written... In fact, the very first thing I ever had published um, on this this particular leg of my journey uh, into writing over the past five or six years uh, was a haiku. So a little bit of poetry, and I would call possibly more like literary fiction uh, in um, a volume that was put out. It was edited by Bridget Canning in our writing group, Mm -hmm. put stories in together. It was called What's Written in the Ladies, and it was all based on, she had a bunch of photos of graffiti in women's washrooms. So each of us took a picture that we liked and said, okay, we're gonna write a story that's inspired by that. So that was the second thing that I had out and very shortly after, Chillers from the Rock and Terra Nova. And I've I've been in a little bit of a a horror groove, I guess, but in fact, even though um, Tomb Stories is the first thing that's been published, I actually have written an entirely separate young adult manuscript. Uh, for a novel that's with a couple of publishers for consideration right now that is not horror at all. So, young adult is probably a prevalent theme, but horror is mixed in with some of the usual.
1: And how do you find time for all this? I know you've you've been involved with the Writers' Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador. You're a past president. Um, You actually work on top of all this. Tell us a little bit about how all this evolves for you. I don't sleep. Okay, which would go hand in hand with your characters.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, what I found was, um, that's something I I found has been one of the challenges of being a, a newer writer, is trying to establish a routine that will work and make me feel good about my productivity. I'm not a morning person, but I've had to try and be more of a morning person so that I can write before I go to work. Mm-hmm. And then I find the writing isn't on my mind for the rest of the day. I can just park it. I know I've done what I wanted to do, have my work day. And if I had more energy for writing later or a tight deadline, then I can do some later. But I find it clears my mind mm-hmm. to do that. And yeah, I mean it's just you you just simply have to make the time. And I know you're a writer yourself who's got a very busy schedule. And I think all of us would give that same information. If it's important to you, it just has to be a priority to do if
1: it. It gets done. Yeah, and you've been inspiring to other people through the Writers' Alliance. Um, Take just a moment to talk a little bit about your experience as president.
2: I had um, an amazing time. I was actually with the Alliance for four years, two uh, on the executive and then one as the president. And I just, what an organization. It really was a fuel for me to Get myself back into writing. I've I worked in a in a communications role for about twenty years, so you know you're doing writing all the time, but it's mm-hmm. not always the writing you want to do. So I took a turn and decided, okay, I just want to make this time. And one of the first things I did was volunteer for the alliance, just as a regular volunteer. Then a board position came up, and watching the organization's work um, and having a hand in 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 turning it, I suppose to to different directions was incredibly rewarding, but helpful to me personally. I mean, I I was able to network with people. I made some excellent friends that I never would have otherwise met who are fellow writers, and the community of writers is absolutely essential to me. I know we're all used to toiling alone for that, Mm -hmm. but Finding people, nobody else in my life writes. So having people who you could go to and say, you know, this really sucks about writing. They're like, I know it does really suck. But then blah, blah, blah. Yes, I said, you're right. And then you can, you keep going, right? You feed off each other. So I've never been able to say enough good about that experience working with the Alliance. It was just amazing.
1: And I think you've hit on a point for writers to have support groups, other writers getting together. It's very common to have a group of people who hear your work or help you with your work and and move through it. So a good tip for people who are out there thinking, how do I get started? Well, start by joining the Alliance and then find some friends who are interested in writing. You're also into photography. I just want to show a few things here. Um, Some of your work. And to let people know that in addition to writing and working and volunteering, you are also traveling and taking photographs when you can travel. So let's have a look here. This is, take us on a
2: tour. Uh, this is an exhibit at the National Gallery in Ottawa that I was able to visit pre COVID, uh, and is an infinite mirror setup. And you had about 30 seconds to be in the room by yourself. And this was the idea of infinite reflection so you're always as a photographer you're always looking for something like what's the unique shot what's different Mm -hmm. if i take a picture of the room everybody has one of those what's different so you look around and yeah that kind of caught my eye that that could be covered for a future book you never know and look at this (laughs) this is uh this is my partner and i in western australia this is a giant tingle tree and this particular park was full of, you know, you see photos of the giant redwoods on California mm-hmm. coast, and the cars are kind of driving through a tree. They have one that's like that down there. Uh, they're, they're just humongous, several hundreds of years old. Uh, to me, what was really fascinating about that is these trees are there, uh, they're like silent observers of history. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're awed by the size, but just also thinking about if it, if it could report on history, what it's seen. What I find wood. that fascinating.
1: Yeah, when you see something that big and oh, look at this. Where would this be? I feel like the glacier just moved out of the scene before you arrived.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is on the west coast of Newfoundland. It's north of Port i Choix. Saying that and I hope that's true for anybody who's watching from Port It's called the Highlands of St. John. And it's a several hour hike to come into the top. And it's a unique landscape. I'd never seen anything like it. I went up there many years ago because I was going to do graduate work up there on glaciers, actually, on glaciation <laughs> on, on the island. That's how I was up there with a couple of professors. And uh, my partner and I went back with the dog there a few years ago. And my goodness, just an amazing day. And it just goes on and on and on. Mm. Incredible.
1: Yeah, when you get to the top of some of these plateaus, and it's no trees we have we have rocks and you're a rock collector this is you back in australia i believe is it?
2: yeah this one's king's canyon king's canyon is very near uh, uluru and katajuda uh, most people would know uluru as airs rock and it has that same red stone incredible <laughs> vibrancy this particular area if i was showing you the opposite direction uh it's all petrified sand dunes in behind, so layered rock structures, uh, fascinating area, so hot. <laughs> so
1: hot, it's a place I'd love to go. And I think, oh, here's, here's a picture from uh, France.
2: So being interested in photography, this place was super special to me. Uh, it's in Lyon in France, as you said, and it's at the Lumiere Brothers Museum that's there. And the Lumiere brothers were heavily into modifying photography um, in its heyday and coming up with very unique ways of producing film and, and plates. And so they had a factory of plate making and they created the first motion picture on record at this location. And what you're looking at is a still from that video, which would have been their workers coming out of that plate making factory. In that time, so you can literally stand where it was, because of course all these all these years mm-hmm. later, most of the structures are gone. Their house is still there, though, which is a, a beautiful home to visit and, and an excellent museum. But I found this this place really fascinating, and standing in the history, as we all know, is 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 evocative.
1: Yes, it is, and you know, I want to have time for people to hear a little bit of your book. So I think we'll we'll jump back to the photos after, if we have a chance. But I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to give you the opportunity to read a little from your book. How For about sure.
2: That? Okay. And um, what I'm reading from is a section of the story called Darling. And very quickly, what's happened before this is the main character's father has died horribly, of course, because it's a horror book. And a man has kind of moved in uh, that seems to have designs on the main character's mother. And there's a lot of distrust and suspicion around what's happening there. So... This person, Reese, the man, has come for dinner, and this is an interaction that's happening at the dinner table. The oven buzzer summoned us to dinner. The hair prickled on the back of my neck when Reese pulled out my father's chair and sat in his place. I caught my mother's eye over his shoulder as my mouth opened to blast him, but she gave me the please settle down signal with her oven mitt clad hands. I snapped my mouth shut and nipped the edge of my tongue. A copper tinge taste filled my mouth. Great. Reese's head turned slowly in my direction. Are you all right, Finley? he asked. Yeah, why? You made a sound like you hurt yourself. No, it's nothing, I'm fine. I swear he watched my lips move as if he had to read them to understand me. Hope you like pot roast, my mother said, laying a casserole dish with a hunk of beef and roasted vegetables on the table between me and Reese. His attention shifted and I let out a huge breath I didn't know I'd been holding. It looks great, Madeline, Reese said. So casually I wondered if I'd missed his intensity a second before. You weren't kidding when you said you made a mean. He trailed off and his nostrils flared. Is there garlic in there? Yes, it's my pot roast secret. A full bulb of garlic goes in the vegetables. My mother continued to pepper him with the tricks of her culinary arts, oblivious to the impossibly paler shade of white he was turning. I used a little extra since I couldn't use onions or anything like that because you are Reese, what's wrong? She finally noticed what I had, the skin of his throat turning mottled scarlet. Allergic, he squeezed out before he stood jerkily and made his way up the hallway to the front door. He threw it open and continued to his Corvette, where he leaned in the open passenger side window and, best I could tell, rummaged in his glove box. My mother was close on his heels, heaping apologies on him, hands flapping with her oven mitts still on. I watched all this from the kitchen, my chair tipped on its back legs so I could see straight up the hall and out the front door. The big wooden block puzzle pieces were shifting around in my mind while I watched Reese put something to his mouth and tip his head back like he was drawing in a deep breath. The pieces, the pieces. Garlic allergy, pale, almost translucent skin. Worked night shifts at the hospital, magnetic. My b- brain replayed the image of him staring at my lips when I bit my tongue. The skin all over my body puckered into tiny bumps. I snapped my chair to the floor and pushed away from the table, practically tore a trail on the carpet on my way to my bedroom, dropped to my knees in front of my bookcase. I scanned the titles until I found anatomy of the vampire, and flipped to the section I wanted. My finger traced the words as I sped through the lines. A less well understood characteristic of the vampire is mesmerism, the ability to ensnare victims through mental manipulation, akin to hypnosis, categorized previously as a form of animal magnetism. I sat on the floor with the book open across my folded legs. The puzzle pieces slid into place, locked. Hello, Reese, vampire.
1: Oh boy. I do remember that story, um, and just as you were reading it, my dogs in the background. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I put them on mute after they're fighting. They were excited for me. That's well, they were fighting over a bone. Yeah, so <laughs> they were in the mood, providing sound effects for your reading. Now that book was. Um, <laughs> thank you for the reading, by the way, uh, Kelly. That was great. Engine thank Books you. is your publisher. And Matt Ladru, and um, is that
2: uh, were your other books published with them as well? Uh, Chillers and Terra Nova were both published with them. The uh, what's written in the ladies was done as a self-published volume, and probably Black Moss Press or something similar for haiku. That one was a little while ago now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The Engine Books are always bringing unique voices to to uh, the bookshelves, and we want to thank them so much for that. And,
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Kelly, um, this is your website. So we'll, people can reach out to you there. And you're also on some social media. I think we have mm-hmm. you at... Uh, on. Where do you like to hang out when you're not writing? What, which social media will, will people find you most?
2: Facebook or Instagram. I'm probably a little more active on Instagram, but either one of those. I'd, uh, I, I'd pick up a note if it were dropped. <laughs>
1: And and Kelly, where's your book? How do people get get your book?
2: The book is available through Amazon. It's available as an ebook as well. Engines Bookstore online has it. DC DC DT Comics downtown DC Comics downtown and St. John's has it. Um, as of right now, those are the only places, and perhaps okay. coming soon to more places near you. Well, you know, since we're on the
1: World Wide Web, it's good if it's on Amazon. People from anywhere certainly can get it. And that is great. And uh, Kelly, any final thoughts for people who want to write in this genre? Anything that might inspire them or advice you would share?
2: I've listened to and, and read about, you know, all different inspirations. What I would say is if you're wondering what's scary, think about what scares you. Uh, Don't drop the ball on the character development. Very important. If we don't care about the characters, we don't care about what happens. And most importantly, just make the time to write. That's, it's so practical and so obvious, but just seems to be the thing people don't do. They think and think and think, and then they never put pen to paper. Put pen to paper, put keys, fingers on the keys, and show people your work. Mm. And the last point,
1: show people your work, is Probably the hardest thing to do at times. I think it's hard. hard. Sometimes it's hard to get your butt in that chair and get the writing down. But then to share it is is a whole other aspect. But great advice. And we'll be looking for more scary stories from you. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, so don't don't stop whatever you do. And thank you so much for being a guest on the the show today. And uh, best of luck with your scary stories. Anything lined up for
2: Halloween? (laughs) Anything in particular? No, I hope it's very quiet and low-key. I need to get my house decorated. (laughs) Well, you're running out of time,
1: so. Aren't I? (laughs) So get at it there. Again, thank thank you. you for having me, Catherine. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, folks, if you would like to hear more stories from wonderful writers around, um, not just our province, but from all over, I'm trying to reach writers anywhere. So if you have ideas you want to share or people that you feel would be great guests, don't hesitate to let me know. And as I say, you can check out the shows at Katherine Taylor TV on YouTube. Have a great day, everyone. And again, thank you, Kelly, for joining me.
2: Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at let's at Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.